your views, your news, your Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. Could social media be causing a rise in misinformation about sexual health? A new study in the States has found that more and more people are following contraceptive advice from influencers online that is inaccurate. Founder of Active Consent, Dr. Lane Burns from DCU School of Psychology, psychotherapist Joanna Fortune, specialising with teenagers and health promotion officer from Gosh in Limerick, Erica Noonan, join me now to chat about this. And uh, Joanna... You specialise primarily with teenagers. Is is this a, a belief amongst some teens that some of these methods actually work? And do you have a sense that they're getting inaccurate information? Oh, absolutely. This is this doesn't surprise me at all. I mean, especially with young people, and not just teenagers. Joe, like we're talking about a huge percentage of our population goes to social media as a news source rather than entertainment source now. You know, the more traditional ways of getting our news are not as popular as going on TikTok or Instagram or whatever it might be and following a news story. Or and We are used to now seeing news stories evolve in live time. So absolutely. And also when you think about it, you know, and we know this from as soon as you seem to have a thought about, oh, I'm interested in something that's on your phone. You know, social media platforms tailor content based on how we interact. So those, if you flip that, then the algorithms can actually serve to limit our exposure to more inclusive, diverse perspectives. And so you think, oh, well, everybody's saying this, but actually it's everybody you're exposed to in terms of how the algorithm is tailoring your feed. So we really need to be having conversations with young people, but also listen, as I said, it's adults too, about media literacy and critical thinking for how we get curious about what we are seeing. But we also know that lies and falsehoods tend to spread a lot quicker than truths on social media. And that's not just something I'm casually saying. There was research into that that was showing um, how data, falsehoods in particular, um, spread much faster on social media. Yes, and it appears that some of this information that people pick up is partially accurate, but maybe doesn't give context or, you know, in certain forms of contraception, how careful you have to be. You know, there's the body temperature method, for example, which is more actually about, isn't it, pe- uh, people trying to conceive rather than the, sure. uh, the opposite. Um, but be, you may believe from consuming it on social media that uh, it's accurate and incredibly reliable. I know, and that's where the critical thinking piece comes in because a belief is not the same as a fact. But people who believe their beliefs strongly can assert them as though they are facts and deliver it without any qualification of saying, look, I'm not an expert in this, but this is what I believe. It tends to be presented in these nuggets, these bite-sized pieces of information as here's the information. And people are consuming that as facts. And we do need to be encouraging ourselves and lead by example as always, but also our young people check the source and determine the credibility of any health information and really get curious. I think approaching things with an inquisitive sense Hmm, is that person qualified to make that statement? And obviously, you know, I, it goes without saying, but I'm still going to say it. Any health questions or concerns we have, bring those to a doctor. Don't bring those to the Internet. Yes, because, I mean, 
there are lots of teens under the age of 17, which is the age of consent in Ireland, who might be on a form of contraception for acne or sure. period cramps, etc. So, you know, it's, and I mean, you're, you're not going to get specific advice on that from social media or influencers. No, absolutely not. And again, we have to add in if it's a particular health product or brand that is being recommended by a well-being influencer, you have to also question, is this a paid advertisement rather than, you know, very neutral information? Hey, there's lots of brands with this. They're all different. You have to find the one that suits you rather than somebody holding a box, a brand that they are paid to pitch mm. to you. That's very different. Yes, okay. Well, psychotherapist Joanna Fortune, listen, thank you for joining us. I know you're under time pressure this morning, so I will let you go. Dr. Elaine Burns uh, from the DCU School of Psychology is also with us. So this research in the States, I mean, were you surprised by it and how worried would you be about this trend? Um, I, good morning, Joe. I read um, the the academic paper, and one of the things I found interesting about it, Joe, is it's actually, even though it's it's a 2023 paper, it's actually quite dated now, because they only looked at YouTube um, vloggers and and influencers on um, that platform. And of course, we've seen an explosion um, in the last number of years with, for example, particularly during the pandemic, um, TikTok and much more immediate kind of um, sources of information for young people and 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 avenues for social media influencers. Right. But is that not likely to make it worse rather than better? Well, but this is the thing. And exactly as as Joanna was saying, and this is something that I think is so, so important, um, that that to, to be very, very mindful that these people are often sponsored by brands to promote lifestyle products to followers. And these um, influencers have been characterized by young adults in, in research as being verbal, smart, ambitious, productive and poised. So they are um, go to sources of information, as Joanna had said, you know, the first place we're going to go to if we if, if we want to understand the phenomenon or we want to get some more information is we'll go on to social media. Um, but 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 one of the issues, I think, Joe, with um, seeking advice from these people yeah. is that they are, for the most part, they're giving, as Joanna said, their own opinions and and imparting their own beliefs. But one of the things they're also doing is fostering, and, and, and this is particularly relevant to young people, and it's young people that this um, study focused on. Um, they refer to youth, and youth is defined as people between the ages of 15 and 24. Um, what they're doing in their persuasion and in their, their pushing of their products or their beliefs or their ideas is they're creating a sense of belonging. And that sense of of belonging can be cultivated by the type of content they're posting. So, for example, go on. (laughs) No, because actually Erica Noonan is with us from GOSH as well. And and Erica, I I noticed you were nodding away to to that because I think there might be a perception among older people that younger people these days are much more astute, that they understand issues around contraception, that in fact they're far less likely to be caught out by misinformation, but maybe not. Um, I don't think so. I think that this perception, obviously, there is that because 
when pro, they have they they are able to espouse all of these different opinions that they see on on the internet, and because I suppose to be uh, ages, but for older people who don't necessarily um, interact with social media as much, they don't then have the ability to kind of check fact check any of that and see. So I think it's this it's more of an illusion of like they seem to have more information as opposed to they actually do. I work with young people a lot. I deliver sexual health. Um, workshops to young people and there is always it's so, there's so many questions and my understanding is that there isn't enough we need to do more to tackle that and come against it and I think a lot of people look to social media because there isn't the information isn't out there from or it isn't being delivered in reliable ways from kind of um reliable sources I presume um Ultimately, Elaine, this comes back to the establishment of this regulator that we have who are saying they're really going to ramp up this year across social media and have a lot of responsibilities across the European Union as well, because a lot of these Mm -hmm. big companies have their HQs um, in Ireland uh, to to see what they can do. But it's, it's a real challenge, isn't it? Of course it is. And and but one of the things I think is really simple, Joe, that can be done is um that that for somebody who is is unqualified in inverted commas to give advice. So for example, the likes of a social media influencer giving advice on health, for example, advice on health should be, be should be given by a, me- a member of the medical profession or should be taken seriously by a member of the medical profession to have some sort of a disclaimer. Um, with this, you know, as, as Joanna was talking about, belief is not the same as a fact with them presenting something that they believe and and offering a disclaimer. For example, I am not medically qualified to give this advice, but this is what I believe. It's up to you to go and educate yourself um, when it comes to yourself and your own personal health. And also another thing that I think is really important, and Eric will be familiar with this as well in, in work that we, we do with adolescents and young people around relationships and sexuality education, is empowering them to take personal responsibility for their own behaviour and their own experiences. And that can be incredibly empowering for a young person, but it's something that they need to be encouraged right. to do. Okay. And, and Eric, I'd be interested, you know, when you're dealing with people coming into you at Gosh in Limerick, how do you approach this? So typically, and it's still, um, we've always had, like my experience growing up, for example, would like, and the, it would be a risk-based approach to sexual health is what has been typically used. When, and I agree completely there that like when young people come into us, we try to use what's called a pleasure model, which is basically it's like it encompasses like sexual pleasure, sexual health and sexual rights. And they're interlinked. So like that, we try to encourage them in critical thinking. It's not about judgment. It's about promoting kind of autonomy and self-awareness. Um, and that is that that works because, you know, telling somebody like what to do, that's life doesn't work that way life lives you live in the gray so it's trying to help young people to explore kind of situational um decision making and awareness and to you know find out what's right for them how to and ask part them. of that is making sure that they have reliable 100%. accurate information on things like contraception oh, 100% 100% and it's it's putting that information out there but it's also engaging with them and helping them to ask themselves the questions then that helps them engage in the material so that they can find where they fit within it um like 
for that study, for example, that was done in the States, correct? Yeah. We have to ask ourselves why young people are going to social media and seeking out. What are we not doing? In the States, for example, if you look at the climate currently around reproductive care, there's many states now where people are struggling to access reproductive care. So they're now turning to social media. And I agree, there needs to be more um, pressure put on these platforms to take responsibility about, like, you know, if you are not a health professional, you have to put a disclaimer on your page, just like with paid ads. Um, so it is important that, you know, what we do now, how do we do it? Because it's you don't, like, ramping up social media is great, but if people can't engage then, like, with the healthcare um, facilities or the practitioners. And, and are you sometimes surprised, or maybe are the clients at Gosh sometimes surprised when they are given, you know, the holistic approach that you talk about, but also that accurate information? And do they ever say to you, I didn't know that, or I, I didn't understand how that worked? Oh, always. Like, I mean, if they are coming to us, it is because they're curious and because they're seeking out, you know, answers. Um, so, and it, but again, it's, it's, we do get then like them that pushback being like, well, I saw on social media, I saw this, I saw that. So again, it's just about engaging with like, you know, so what was it? What about that? Like, did you find interesting? Do you think that actually works? So we just do try to engage them with accurate information, but also empower them to analyse and critically analyse that information themselves. Okay. Well, hopefully this conversation has helped and we will podcast it uh, as well at live95.ie and through the Live95 app. And we thank you very much for coming into the studio, Erica Noonan at Gosh in Limerick. And you can find out more on the Gosh website. And uh, thank you earlier to psychotherapist Joanna Fortune, uh, specialises with teenagers and founder of Active Consent, Dr. Elaine Byrne from the DCU School of Psychology. Your views, your news, your Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95.